Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of the 4th Man Podcast. Thanks again to everyone who's tuning in to this week's episode. And coming off week two, really starting to kind of understand how things are going to uh, uncover, unfold this year. But man, what another wild week in the big three. We're crazy enough, a quarter of the way through two, two games into an eight-game season, regular season, I should say. So it was a fun one. We got eight teams right now sitting at one and one. We got another good episode for you here today. You probably already read the title by now. We do have Justin Dittman, Tri-State co-captain on the show today. He's a recurring guest. We don't have too many of those on this show, but I felt like his input was important being that he's on one of two undefeated teams right now. Also to a guy that came through the undrafted route, does a lot of the behind the scenes work, putting this team together for his captain, Jay Rich. He's kind of gotten the keys to keys to the car here. So Felt like this was a good opportunity to bring JD back on. And I think he just did a good job representing the league. But other than that, also want to go through and recap some of the games from this past week. We'll also talk about a couple of news and notes that maybe you probably saw this past week, but just to fill you in on kind of what's going on, give you a better understanding. Gonna fill you in right here. Before we get into all that, make sure you guys are following the show on all social media platforms at fourth man pod. That's 4th man pod. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. YouTube.com slash fourth man pod. Make sure you subscribe, hit that notification bell to get all the latest updates on, well, not only just updates, but also to get visuals on the podcast as well as any other content that we might have. Plan to go to one, if not maybe two, if we get lucky games this year. So we'll try to do some live stuff while we're there, obviously. Maybe even try to do a live interview, but also to just any other content that I'm making outside of the updates, player transactions, and things like that you might see on social media you'll find there on YouTube. And then thank you to guys at Believe Network for just giving us a platform to talk about the big three every week. Kind of the, I guess, producers behind the show. So we just appreciate all their support and what they try to do for not just our podcast, but all podcasts out there. And also to doing a good job giving athletes voices for you know their own affiliations, whether it's with a team they used to play with or just to have their voice heard. So appreciate you guys over at Believe. That being said, Let's get into the show. I think the first thing to note here, you probably saw a couple roster changes from this past week. Nothing too crazy, but a couple of big three vets that have played in this league for a long time, both getting a chance to play here in season six. So we saw Jermaine Taylor now a part of three-headed monsters. He's taking the place of Jordan Adams. I don't know if that's a season-long move or it's temporary, but as of right now, Jordan Adams is still playing over in Venezuela. He's playing for a championship right now which is pretty wild. But what I've seen from the team he's playing for is Instagram and the schedule they've released. If Jordan is able to get all the way, Jordan and his team are all the way to get all the way through to the finals and it goes to the extension of games that they have, that could last until July 10th. That's week four. So might be a little bit tough to come and help. You don't even know where three-headed monsters is going to stand at that point. So seeing how they were shorthanded a week prior, they brought in a bet, Jermaine Taylor, who, 
has showcased what he can do in this league for a long time. He looked even healthier the other day, just kind of feeling himself out. But I think he's taking some of those ISO Joe yoga classes there. But Jermaine looked really good. It's always good to see him back in the league. He's, I think, one of the, you know, Trailblazers, uh, original members of the big three. So it's always good to see him. Another original member and a guy who's joining his old team is Jamario Moon. So Jamario is making his second stop with triplets after making his second stop with three and monsters last year. And yeah, all this do- this guy does is contribute to winning. He obviously helped triplets win in 2019. And then last year helped three and monsters get to the championship game, or I'm sorry, get to the playoff game. And I think he was a key piece in helping him get there in terms of depth and just adding another experienced veteran player on your team. But he got a little bit more run than Jermaine this past week and looked pretty good. He had this crazy shot late in the game. I forgot who it was over. I, can't, I think it might have been Rashard or Reggie Evans, but he had this crazy, crazy fadeaway jumper. And just good to see both those guys back in the league. So J- Jamario is taking the place of Gennaro Pargo, who is a coach with the Indiana Pacers. And I believe he's going to be either the head coach or an assistant coach with the Pacers summer league team, which is coming up. So, Again, I'm not sure if that move is indefinite or Gennaro will come back at some point, seeing that he's been on this triplets team, a staple of this team for a long time, helped them win a championship as well. But for the time and seeing as he's also a co-captain of this team, but for the time being, you know, he's obviously trying to kind of transition into a new career and be a coach He's with the Blazers, not with the Pacers. So best of luck to you, Gennaro. Tomorrow's a good good fit there, I think. I think they... Um, they have pretty good, you know, lengthy sized team there with a lot of experience, older guys, I think, but guys that know how to get to their spots and score are still going to be a dangerous team in this league. So those are the only news and notes. We're also they're also going to be in New York playing at the Barclays Center on Sunday, on Sunday on the July 10th. So they'll be playing in New York. There's a ton of things going on from an owner's perspective. I think a lot of the NFT owners of different teams are getting together in New York. So make sure you're following all the teams and make sure you're following all the owners, whatever the case may be. If I'm sure they're going to be inviting different members of not only the big three community, but people that are just showing up for the big three games to different events. I've seen like a party. I've seen a get together. So might be a good opportunity to follow a lot of those teams on Instagram or Twitter, maybe not Twitter with everything else going on, but make sure you're following Instagram. So you can uh, maybe attend one of those things. It looks like it's going to be a really good time. I wish I was going to be there personally, but New York could be one of the the craziest weeks of the season. So if you're there, make sure you take advantage is all I'll say. Those are really the only news and updates I have for this week's in terms of recapping last week's game for week two. Like I mentioned, Already, two undefeated teams currently with Tri-State and Ghostballers both both moving to 2-0. Got eight 1-1 teams, and then Three's Company and Aliens still yet to get their first win on the season. Aliens actually had a chance to really make this thing interesting. It was they had a chance to make 10 teams 1-1 one and, one and kill with, or in uh, Three's Company and Tri-State 2-0, or I'm sorry, 0-2 and 2-0 and respectively. But Ghostballers came through. And advanced to 2-0, I think, for their like third straight year. But let's talk about Three's Company and their game against Killer Threes in a game that felt like, for the most part, Killer Threes had control of. They they looked really good last week against a really good Tri-State team. It was just a matter of them not necessarily being able to close it out, but looked really good in this one. Uh, 
Frank's Franklin Nitty looks like he is just in complete control. Dante Green got back to kind of his his play, you know, being that leading scorer on the team, putting up 19.7 boards, got great contributions all around from Josh Powell, from Dominique Johnson, who hit a crazy shot in that game, by the way, maybe should have been an Anwar. And then Javier Carter getting his first points in the big three. Uh, he looked really good as well in his time in his play in that game. So overall, this is looking like a Killer Threes team that we knew was going to be grit, a grit and grindy type of team and continue to just battle in order to get some of these wins. And they did so again, you know, they did so again this week as we've seen them do in past seasons. I mean, this is this is a tough team. Frank, Frank, uh, I want to call him Franklin Session and Frank Nitty at the same time, but Frank Nitty looked really good. 10 points, seven rebounds, six assists. He looks like he just has like a full, full go of this like well-oiled machine. And he's going to do anything you can to get you extra buckets, extra possessions, uh, make sure he finds his teammates. And he, he does it each week, like, uh, each week in and out, you know, and not only that, he went he went back home the next day and dropped 50 in the Drew League on like the 50th anniversary of of the league or something like that. Or the I'm not sure the exact significance, but it was like the 50th anniversary or 50th game or or I guess it's a I guess it's the anniversary, but none of that matters. He dropped 50 points the next day, so just some pretty incredible stuff of what he's doing. It looks like he's just like in a good mindset, having a lot of fun. And really looking to will this team to try to get back into the playoffs. But this team goes as Dante Green Green goes and his ability to score and, and kind of lead that team from a scoring perspective, hitting shots and getting to the basket. And he looked like himself doing that. On the flip side, Three's company, tough hole to be in 0-2. I mean, this is a team that just had a hard time, I guess, like really finding the rhythm last game. And ultimately it kind of felt like the game was they made a run late and tried to make this one a little bit close, but it felt like the game was kind of more away from them than they had wanted to. I'm really surprised that this team is 0-2. I mean, last year, I get it, like first year for a couple of these guys, finding that chemistry. Um, but this year, like I'm just shocked. They played two good teams. You know, they kind of let let they kind of uh let go of that win against Ghostballers. I think they had that one in the bag, and unfortunately, some things came into shambles late. And then this one, it just felt like they never got to the to the start they wanted to. And ultimately it's gonna be hard to catch up with this killer threes. But if any team is going to come out of that 0-2 hole, I think it can be this threes company team. It just has to be starting next week. It's just unfortunate that, you know, they have, they have some time to work with. Or they don't have a ton of time to work with, you know. At some point, it's going to be cut to eight, only eight teams. And pretty much have to – I hate to say it, but you pretty much have to win out here unless you have some things go your way. I mean, we do have eight one-and-one teams, I guess, is the good news. I'm sure they were hoping aliens would win to maybe cut that to uh, 10 teams and really give themselves an opportunity. But, you know, there will be some teams that are fighting next week that are one and one. And one of those teams will have to go to one and two. So we'll see. I think it's just about getting everybody collectively playing well at the same time. You know, I think we saw a really good game from Hollis Thompson, but we didn't see the same game that we saw from week one from Brandon Rush. So it's just about getting everybody on the same page. Some things could have gone differently, obviously, but I think this team will be all right. You have Michael Beasley and Mario Chalmers kind of heading this team. So as long as you got those guys, I think they can do. They can come back and make this thing competitive still. Game two of the day, and these both these games on CBS, by the way, weren't necessarily the games of the week that we were expecting. Uh, Tri-State and Power was a really good first half. But Tri-State took over in the second half. Pretty much had their foot on the gas. Jason Richardson dropped 29 points in this game. Deshaun Stevens. 
looked really good uh, in his second game. I know it was a little bit of a transitionary period and didn't necessarily have the best turnout in week one, but he had 18 points and eight boards. And his second game was Tri-State really playing his own game. And really, they just kind of found their groove in the second half with a three-man rotation of him, Richardson, and then Justin Dentman, who will be on the show, talk about that game a little bit later. And ultimately, it just kind of made sense to continue to step on the – step on the gas and, and put power away. Power is a gritty team too, a team that's always going to be able to come back. So they end up winning this one 52 to 32. Uh, maybe the score is not necessarily indicative of the performance. I mean, don't get me wrong, strong first half by Tri-State, but I think power was definitely, you know, Justin mentions it as they were butting heads at some point in the game and they were having their own internal challenges, trying to figure out what was going on and how to get back into it. And ultimately they just ran out of time. So when wouldn't take too much from it other than the fact that Tri-State is like a really good team, a really a team to watch out for. But Power got hot late in the year last year, which ultimately propelled them to a playoff berth. So wouldn't be like, oh, Power's one of the worst teams now. They lost by 20. No, they just had a tough second half, couldn't find shots, couldn't make shots. They'll get back, they'll get right back on track. They have one of the best coaches in the league and Nancy Lieberman. And just, you know, just one of those games. It was unfortunate. But ultimately, the biggest takeaway is Tri-State. This is a team that I thought was one of the better teams coming into the year because of their versatility, because of how deep this this team is. Really, you're not missing a beat when you're putting different guys in. And so it's a really good team. Um, showcasing that early on at 2-0. Power is 1-1 one one of the year. The next game was probably the game of the day. We had enemies and ball hogs and – like enemies won 51-49 in a really a crucial game for them. They needed to get to a one and one start. Kind of the same as last year. Um, I don't know if Elijah will go end up playing for a summer league this team this year, but really good, strong, really strong contributions for the past two weeks from Jordan Crawford. He's been one of those guys who have really impressed me in this this elite this year, I should say. But enemies really had control of that first half. They kind of allowed Bongs to come back into it. And from there it was pretty back and forth. Um I'm not sure if Leandro Barbosa had some kind of like maybe cramp or bruising in his leg, but it felt like at one point Rick Barry was trying to help him rub out. Well, pause. Help him try to rub out like maybe one of those bruises in his leg because he was like maybe he was like hurting a little bit. But nonetheless, big contributions all about. Jody Meeks has also been someone very impressive. He's top three in scoring right now. Uh, but just a battle between these teams. There's really not much more to say. These teams really couldn't like get away from each other. And even down the stretch, I mean, Isaiah Austin had a chance to end that at the free throw line. They couldn't. Bahawk took advantage. And it was a 49-49 game before Jordan Crawford basically ended it with the runner off the backboard. But two really strong teams. I mean, I think that we're like enemies has definitely impressed a little bit more. This year, I mean, Jordan Crawford's been great, but the whole team just looks locked in and focused. Even Gil, not saying that maybe in the past he hasn't been, but Gilbert Arenas is, is a guy who's enjoying his time, having fun coaching. But I, I think he's taken it a little bit, maybe a little bit more serious this year. And the results are translating early. Like, this is a really strong team. Elijah looked good. Isaiah Austin looked good. Then on the flip side, Ballhawks, I mean, maybe they felt like one slipped away from them. A chance to go 2-0. Two teams that are fighting for that first playoff berth in franchise history. But this is a big year for Ballhawks. They really wanted to make that happen. So, you know, it was unfortunate things didn't necessarily go their way, but I still see, think really strong team. Like, as long as Barbosa, Barbosa is healthy, Jody Meeks continues to play the way he is, I think they'll be all right. DeWan's kind of like kind of trying to find his exact role in this offense. He's going to be a scorer for them. It's just a matter of like, you know, where, you know, just picking his spots, I think ultimately is 
what he's trying to do. Jeff, Jeff Ayers looked really good. So I think this will, I mean, everything's matchup based, but really the matchups are going to be important for a team that's long and late thing like them, where they have Jalen Johnson, Jeff Ayers, and Dewan Summers, all big bodies. It's just about playing which one guy, which couple of guys on the floor. But at the end of the day, I think you're going to see a lot of Leandro and Jody. So just picking the right matchups there. But nonetheless, both teams are one and one on the year. And actually, Ballhawks would be a playoff team right now if the season ended today. I think based off points against, they have the least points against right now. So that's the good news for Ballhawks. You know, games have been competitive and tight. And as long as you're doing that, I think you put yourself in a good position. I would say the best performance of the day came against came in our game of triplets and trilogy, where triplets won fifty to forty two, but I think triplets. Um, I think they had Trilogy's hand in this one. They were shooting the ball really well. Mainly, one guy was shooting the ball really well, and Jeremy Pardo, we already talked about Gennaro. Jeremy Pardo, who had the season high and league high, 31 points in this game. Started off early, like it was going to be a big day for it, and he followed it up in the second half with an even bigger, you know, even bigger performance. Hit two fours early in the game, had 16 at half, had 15 in the second half. And just really, <clears throat> I think really what the triplets needed. And I think you've got to be encouraged if you're Lisa Leslie and, and Joe, because Joe was, you know, early, like week one, shot 31 times last year. The bulk of the low was on him. And seasons past, it's been like that. So being able to find, you know, not necessarily the second option. I know Jeremy says a lot that, like, we just need to be able to help Joe. So not necessarily deferring to Joe. I think Jeremy can be the 1B guy. He's a guy that can get a bucket for you at any point. One of the most lethal scorers in this league. So it's just a matter of, again, figuring out the right time. But when, you know, I think Joe said it best, when he's hot, why would you continue to not give it to him? He's got the hot hand. He's playing really well, makes his job a lot easier. And then the addition of Larry Sanders has been good, has been a good one for him. I mean, you have a real defensive presence in that paint. And then, you know, Jamario Moon, and, uh, Jamario Moon, you know, championship you know, championship pedigree, a guy who's been on this triplets team and won it with them. He kind of knows what how to play around Joe and what Lisa Leslie wants. So good addition. And then we barely got to see Damian Wilkins just yet. So I think he's going to be a, another solid, you know, a solid piece when it's it's the right game for him. I think he, he'll get a chance to show that a little bit more. So triplets <laughs> taking down the defending champs in trilogy. Trilogy, I mean, I think they get one. I think it was just a good day from triplet shooting the ball wise. I think for trilogy, it wasn't necessarily the case. I saw Earl miss more shots than I'm used to seeing. I don't feel like Isaiah was as aggressive as maybe he typically is. I mean, he's been a great jump shooter. He's leading the league in three pointers made, but usually just a little bit more aggressive and get to the cup. <clears throat> Didn't feel like necessarily he did that as much in this game. Still a good game from 17 points. Earl had 16, maybe 18, can't remember exactly. But, you know, I mean, nothing to fret about. You play against a good triplets team. You just have to know that. I mean, I, and I, they probably know this. I mean, Stack has probably told them this. They got the target on their backs. They're the three-time champions, two-time defending champions, and teams are going to be gunning for them. So, you know, I think Trilogy's got a big matchup against Power and a rematch of the championship game from last year, and we'll see if uh, they, they go against it. For, but for now, both teams at one-on-one. And uh, two more teams that are at one and one, three-headed monsters getting their first win over Bivouac. I'm sorry, this was the worst game of the day. 
Both the teams struggled to really find their offense, find their groove. It was physical. It was it was a battle to get this win, but ultimately three of the monsters winning 51-39. Bivouac struggled to shoot the ball. Three of the monsters really struggled to shoot the ball at times, but they were able to will them way through with 18 points from Kevin Murphy, which doesn't feel like a lot for him, but that's a pretty average day for him at the office. But I think the biggest contributor was Rashard Lewis, 17 points, 11 rebounds, being just a little bit more aggressive and trying to like, you know, I guess continue to be a big contributor for this team like he's been since year one. I think they were saying that last week he was just being a little bit more conservative. And so this week it was about making sure that he shot the ball more, got more opportunities. And sure enough, he did his thing. I thought Robert Dozier looked a little bit more comfortable in week two. So you're feeling good about three and monsters. On the flip side for Bivouac, they they I think part of their slow start was in the way that they started the game. I mean not to say it wasn't a, it was a bad idea to start Garland and John Jordan, but John get a little bit of a run in the big three if he's going to be, you know, that fifth piece on your team. You know, get him adjusted to the game a little bit. But it kind of led to a slower start. They were down 8-0 early, and while they did come back and take the lead at some point in the game, it just felt like that was an opportunity to maybe not get behind so much, ultimately leading to maybe a closer score at the end. And, you know, they got hot late last week. They couldn't necessarily do the same, but – I think Bivlap will be all right. I think it was just a tough day at the office for him. But on the flip side, you got to feel good for three-headed monsters, a team that is still gunning for that first championship. And, you know, you're starting to see Reggie Evans, his physical play. Uh, you probably saw it in week one, but you're starting to see him get comfortable. I mean, he's he's not only being physical, but he's shooting jumpers now from, you know, from the he's just shooting a bunch of middies and he's making a bunch of middies, you know, kind of from that free throw line area from the from the elbow. So that's encouraging kind of space the floor a little bit more with Reggie and make him a little bit more of a threat from just outside of that paint. But then, you know, Richard being more aggressive, Murphle, you know, he, he was unbelievable last year. He can take over a game at any point. I think just overall, it was just a tough day shooting for both teams and three headed monsters had the better shooting day. So we'll see. And then getting Jermaine a little bit more comfortable, you know, a, a strong backcourt, I think that they have right now. And, once he's caught up to speed, I think this could be, you know, the same old dangerous three-headed monsters team that we're used to. So we'll see. The last game of the day is Ghost Ballers and Aliens. I got to be honest. Um, I thought Ghost Ballers was going to run, run away with the early. They were up 13-4. It didn't look like Aliens had really found their shot. And they didn't really feel like they, it was going to be – I don't know if it felt like maybe they weren't just locked in, but it just felt like it was going to be a tough day for them. And Ghost Ballers was really eager to get this one and get out of there as quick as possible. Aliens battled, though. They, this was actually a really good back-and-forth game. One of the better games of the day, except for late in the game, there was a huge call where the game was tied at 39, and Tucson Bullet was going against Darnell Jackson one-on-one. Darnell, I don't know if he like stepped on his toe or Dusan got caught up on his foot, but ultimately it looked like it was a pretty aggressive play and the call wasn't made. They got an easy layup. Dusan got pissed and got a technical four-point swing there and the ball back for Ghost Ballers. I think that ultimately changed the whole momentum of the game, but it was a huge call. Nonetheless, uh, for Ghost Ballers, like this is a team that they look really good. I mean, I said this last week. I was pretty surprised. Like, I wasn't pretty surprised, but I was very – I came away from the week, like, a lot – I came away from the week last week very impressed. Let's put it that way. 
And I came away this week kind of feeling the same. You know, I mean, Mike for a long time has kind of needed a little bit help as a guard and someone that can play kind of like him, defend multiple positions, especially on the wing, can create his own shot, can take a little bit of the load off of him as a ball handler. And I think he has really found that in Jonathan Simmons. He's been a great complimentary piece to him. Not only that, this is a truly good rebounding team. We know they have a ton of size. They go big a lot. And we've seen this work in the past with power. When they went big in season two, late in the year, and they had multiple bigs to, to kind of go different options with. And it was really successful for them to the point where they won a championship. And we're kind of seeing that same makeup with those followers. Darnell Jackson, Chris Johnson, who looked a lot less jet lagged this week and and just really kind of back to his normal self. And then Chuck Garcia, who is making a strong case for rookie of the year right now. He he looks really good. And this is just a team that's just it's, they're going to be hard nosed every week. They're going to be physical. They're going to try to get every possession. They miss shot. They're going to get extra possessions. They're going to defend hard. They're going to make tough shots and they're going to find their mismatches. They're very skilled. Like this is a team that just is like really well put together right now. And arguably, you know, I mean, at 2-0, and I guess it, it makes sense because they've been Tri-State are the only undefeated team, but arguably the best team in the league right now. Like this is, this is a really good looking ghost ballers team after two weeks. And I'm just really impressed with what I see. I think this team can go far. I really, I, I don't know if it's a hot take because they are off to a two and zero start, but I kind of want to like submit them in as like they will make the playoffs this year. Like this will be the year. We've seen them get off to two and zero starts, three and zero starts, five and one starts, whatever the case may be. And some things have unfolded and didn't go their way, and ultimately that led to them not making the playoffs. This is the year they're going to make the playoffs. I'm just going to lock that in. Hold myself accountable. This year, Ghost Baller makes the playoffs. I really like what they're doing. I think they're very versatile. I think they're all very skilled players. I think John Simmons is the big X factor here. And we get the same Mike Taylor we, year in and year out. A lot of energy, a guy who can score the ball, tough defender, going to give you his all. And I think as a captain, his first year as captain, he's done a really good job of putting this team together. And I think him, George Gervin, are going to get back to the playoffs this year. On the flip side for aliens, I still think things things feel a little discombobulated. Um, you know, they played really well. Giannis Tima seems to be another guy who could be going for rookie of the year. I know people say he shoots a lot, but hey, he makes a lot of shots. Like you can't argue that. He makes a lot of shots. He opens up the floor. He had 21 points. He there's one play where I mean, guys, two guys literally ran after him on an inbound play, and Tony Crizzle was at the paint just with the open layup. He makes – he creates a lot of attention. And so I think he is up for that rookie of the year spot as well. But it's just been kind of a struggle, and I don't think they've necessarily figured out how they want to play in certain lineups. For instance, when you have Will Bynum out there, it's kind of tough because he's a smaller guy. We saw Jonathan Simmons post him up three times and score him three times. And on the flip side on offense, he's more of, you know, he's more of a ones guy, a guy that's going to get you a bucket one-on-one. And we saw that, but, you know, how much offense can you exchange for defense, if any, right now? And then how does the rest of your team or what lineups, what guys do you want out there to make sure he complements that style of play better? Play better. On the flip side, 
You have Dusan, who last year we saw a lot of movement, a lot of passing, a lot of chemistry. And I feel like when it's Dusan and Ivoshev, it's like, who do you add as that third piece? Like, yes, Giannis has been good for them. But then um, you play maybe a little bit different with Tony. You can go get you more baskets, but maybe he doesn't play necessarily the same way as Tima does. So it's like they're trying to figure out some things. Also, like, Dusan hasn't shot his best. This has not been a team that's shot the three ball well like we're used to last year when they had Las Manas, where last week they only made three threes and they only they all came from one guy. So you're still trying to figure out some things. There's also the huge question mark of Kosia Mushidi, who – from as far as I know, is expected to play. It's just a matter of when you can get him over here. And at 0-2, you're you're hoping he gets over here in New York by Sunday because there's not a lot of time left. And at what point do you kind of cut the strings and roll with the guys you have? It has been two weeks, and I believe after two weeks you can make changes to your team. So maybe this is where they do that. Like changes to your team in the sense that you have five guys on your roster, you can't drop anybody until after those two weeks and pick up somebody else. So maybe they do that. Like, I'm not going to blame this on any one person. I just feel like there's just some struggles that we've seen and we're not seeing the same alien team that's moving the ball, taking advantage of more mismatches, finding cuts backdoor or from a different angle, uh, you know, be able to create some open shots on, on, a, on a flare screen or popping up from, from the paint. So I think they're trying to figure it out. We'll see what they do. We'll see what moves they make. But Aliens at 0-2, again, like a team that made the playoffs last year that runs a good system, like they just need one good game, and I think they'll find themselves again. I think they're just having a hard time finding success, and it's leading to some struggle. So we'll see what happens there. Ultimately, that's kind of the recap I have this for this week. I mean, let me just look up the matchups for this week. Last week I did that, and they switched it up on me, like extra fast. You know, they had – I thought, like, even talking to Akil last week, I thought they were playing Trilogy, and they end up playing Tri-State. So, I don't know. I don't know if everyone else was thrown off by that. I don't even know if the teams were thrown off by that. Seems like that could be a possibility. This week, we got a rematch of the title game, which we were supposed to have last week. Trilogy and Power. Triplets and Tri-State. Three-headed Monsters and Threes Company. Enemies Bivouac. Aliens Killer Threes. And Ghost Ballers and Ball Hogs. Ooh, Aliens is tough. Um, Trilogy Power. I'm trying to think. It's a lot of uh, different type of size this year. Trilogy, I'm going to say Trilogy gets back to their winning ways. Power still, I mean, not Power still struggling, but I think Power does drop a second straight. Tri-State triplets. I really like what Tri-State's doing. I think they get to 3-0. Three-headed monsters and Three's Company. I'm going to say Three's Company gets their first win. I, I just really hard to – I find it hard to believe they're going to be 0-3, kind of the same thing with Bivouac last year. find it hard to believe that they were 0-4 at any point or 0-3. So I'm going to say Three's Company gets the win over Three-headed monsters. I think it's going to be physical. It could be heated. you got Reggie Evans. you got Michael Beasley in there. So we'll see how it goes. Enemies and Bivouac. It's tough. That's really tough. But I think I like Bivouac better in this one slightly maybe. I feel like maybe it's going to be dependent on how Garland Green plays, but 
I really like the defensive prowess of Corey Brewer and what he's been doing. Um, I like, I think Gerald Green struggled last week. I don't think he does that again. I think enemies has a ton of shot makers, but I think they like can match him. I just like, I just like they black in this one. I think just from a, a little bit more defensive standpoint on the wing, I think Corey Brewer is going to be Corey Brewer and Garland Green. I think are pretty good defenders. I think they're going to cause some, some problems there. Killer threes and aliens. Oh, I, I really like aliens. Big fan of Dusan Bullet and Evo Shev and those guys. I'm going to go with Killer Three. So, and I just think that Killer Threes is, they look a little bit different than they have in years past. They look like they're on a mission to get back to the playoffs. And I think they do so. Dante looked really good. Frank Nitty looks like one of the top players in this league. And he only put up 10 points, but it's not all about points, you know, at the end of the day. Like he looks like, He's on a different mission this year. Um, I like Kerry Threes over Aliens. Unfortunately, Aliens drops 0-3. And then Ghost Ballers and Ballhawks. Man, I just called Ghost Ballers the best team in the league. And then they play a Ballhawks team who I think is pretty good too. Both teams with a lot of size. I don't know. I've been really impressed by Ghost Ballers. I've been really impressed by kind of the two-guard combination of Mike Taylor and Jonathan Simmons. I'm going to lean Ghost Ballers, but I would not be shocked if Ballhawks won. But I'm going to lean Ghost Ballers. I'm just like – I'm really impressed with what Jonathan Simmons is doing. Uh, I feel like we didn't get to see enough of that last year, him on 3 and Monsters briefly and playing alongside the MVP and Kevin Murphy. I feel like he just feels like he's got a different – He's got, I mean, he obviously has a different role, but I feel like he has like a, a different, like they're just allowing him to do a little bit more and play a little bit more freely. And I really like what he's been able to do because of it. So I'm going to go with Ghost Ballers over Ball Hogs and that one. And we'll see how all those things hold up. But appreciate everyone who tuned into this half of the episode. I'm going to stop talking now and let's get to our interview with Tri State co captain Justin Dittman. So today we got a recurring guest on the show. It's been a minute, but we got Tri-State co-captain Justin Dittman. He's also the founder of The Run, which hosts pro basketball players there in Texas. JD, appreciate you being back on the show. 2-0 Tri-State, got to be feeling pretty good. Ah, man, thank you for having me. But yeah, you, you know, it's always feel good out there win, you know. Uh-huh. You know, back and worry about, you know, guys pointing fingers at each other, you know, so it's good. Yeah, trying to get back on top because – if you kind of think about it, when you first joined Tri-State, you were undrafted, then you made a name for yourself, but you were fitting into a team that was guard-heavy, very successful, doing well, and you really made a name for yourself, helped that team get to the number one seed and get to the playoffs. So it's kind of like you got the the richest story early, and then last year was a little bit of a battle with guys in and out, and then kind of back to, to where you guys were probably expecting to be last year if some things went some different ways. but. Uh, also, since we last talked, you started the run. I want to talk a little bit about that because I kind of feel like, in a sense, it's a bunch of big three guys, almost like a combine getting ready for the big three. Talk, can you just for our listeners that don't know, talk a little bit about the run and then also, too, how much do you feel like it's evolved since you first started maybe, what, a year ago? Yeah, so I started the, uh, the idea because guys were just coming and just playing. And we just letting anybody come. And I was like, man, you know, we can we can make this a sanctuary for us pros to stay in shape for the next upcoming season. 
And um, I got the the name. I'm like, bro, we we run. That's what we really <laughs> go play the basketball. So I'm gonna just call it the run. And everybody was like, yeah, that that's a dope name. So I just called the run. Everybody else got their own names in Dallas, but um, I don't do the run or have games if we don't have bigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it defeats the purpose. Um, you go out there and play ISO one on one. If you have bigs, you have screen and roll reads. You know, it's a little bit better. And we go to one twenty five. And I only let 14 guys come, so it's kind of like private. And you have two teams of seven, and you have every 25 is a sub. So I think that a lot of guys like that. You get a game feel. You get, you know, even if you you sub in, you sub out twice, you still get 75 points. That's pretty good. So it's evolved a lot now because now we're starting to post more on social media and guys starting to uh, recognize it more. And uh, eventually I'm going to try to, you know, make it, Bigger than it is. I don't want to spill the beans just yet, but okay. there's some there's some things coming um, for the run that's going to make it uh, even better. Okay, fair enough. Not spilling the beans. I'm about to ask you where do you think that next level is? You know, maybe thoughts on maybe like a summer pro am league at some point, but make it. Super I mean, it's in the woodworks. I wouldn't say that's. I wouldn't count that out, but it's in the woodworks. I just you know right now, just trying not to step on different toes, right? Uh, and break you know burn bridges uh, at the moment. Just trying to feel things out and see where I can fit in. Yeah, I think see a lot of your teammates from the big three, a lot of guys you go against in the big three, but also guys kind of getting ready for their own season, whether it's overseas, summer league, NBA. I mean, I saw Emmanuel Moutier there a few times. So it seems like the competition level is growing a lot too. The competition level has grown a lot. A lot of guys, I don't mind being the bad guy. And I tell guys all the time, like, man, you know, this is a sanctuary for us pros. So you can't, I ain't going to, I wouldn't mind you coming every day, but other guys want to come too. So yeah. some days it'll be a Monday, Wednesday guys. Then I have my Tuesday, Thursday guys. And then Friday is kind of like a coin flip because, you know, people be going out of town. But mm-hmm. so you get a different variety of guys each day because if you go every day, everybody won't get the opportunity to play. Yeah. I saw this post you made one day where you're like, if you don't have a pro ballers profile, then yeah. there's not a chance you can there's show No, no disrespect to any guys that – For sure, you know, for sure. You know, I've been telling guys all the time, like, man, it's no disrespect, but if you look at my my roster of guys coming, who you want me to kick off this list for you guys? You know what I mean? And right. there's going to be some days where we need guys to come in, they come in and step in, prove themselves. Like, we got a guy named Brandon, and he we call him Mr. Athletic. Works hard. It's, I'm telling you, hard as hell. And he came in and proved himself. People ask, like, where is he at? We want him back in the run, and we ask him to come back. But how much is that too? Just like getting guys prepared mentally for like their own, you know, own endeavors off the court. I mean, for for you, you're someone that like has played at a lot of different places at a lot of different levels, and it wasn't always easy just to get into anywhere you wanted it to be. How much is it like kind of like setting them up, like setting them up for? It's almost like being a big brother. To yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Kind of, you know what I mean, mentorship. I'm trying to mentor these guys and try to help them because I'm, I'm like, look, I get everybody want to play and get their run in, but we also you know, learning from this. You know, we don't want to build bad habits. Right. You know I mean, work on your stuff, but at the end of the day, compete to win, and that's how you're going to make everybody else better. Yeah. I feel like, too, it's just like you don't always get told yes, which is kind of right. – you be, you're not being the bad guy. You're just being realistic, and you want them set like set expectations right, you know? Well, I tell them, tell them how it is, man. I don't want to sugarcoat anything because I don't want to lie to them, and then they 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 see that it's different on the other side. What's yeah. the guy that – Larry, he, he asked me a question every day. He said, question of the day – he asked, have her already asked, and I answer it, and we go off there. Yeah, and overseas, I mean, they're a lot more brutal than you probably are, so. <laughs> a lot more brutal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These guys, they don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. Um, all not right, yet. let's talk about the big three and your team. Let's start from the beginning because 
I kind of, you know, you know me, I'm always kind of scoping Instagram and Twitter. And I saw you talking to Deshaun a little bit when the big three announced that they were coming back. And that was my really indication that, okay, JD's making some moves. Because you're pretty much the GM on this team. And I, I know Jay Rich lets you do a lot of that on the back yeah. end. But I saw you and Deshaun kind of talking. So let's first talk about bringing in Deshaun. Obviously, he had an all-star season with the big three last year. Pretty much made the Aliens team go. Probably led them to the playoffs. What's kind of the backstory in getting Deshaun in? And ultimately, what were you hoping that he would bring to the table? So before I get on there, man, shout out to Nate. Nate, the one who made it possible for me to be on this team and to, you know, jump into the captain spot. So him mm -hmm. and Jay Rich kind of been that that thing. Uh, and, yes, Jay Rich gave me the keys to kind of go scout guys. To have, you know, I've been around a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. I brought this to him uh, after the All-Star game. I like, hey, you know, this is a possibility that we can get Deshaun. He played well. He's guarded multiple positions. He's a perfect fit for us. What do you think yeah. about possibly bringing him on? <laughs> He's always a no-brainer. Bring him on. And I think that's to kind of set the set foundation. Once we, because I asked Deshaun, I said, hey, man, you know, we got chemistry. We played together in Denmark, played together on uh, in a TBT and challenge ALS, ALS. You know, this can be some good. You know, we, we got the same thing. We got, you know, we go, it's, it's always good to have guys in the locker room that's goofy, willing to laugh and giggle, but then on the court where you put in work. And he's one of those guys. And I'm like, is aliens bring you back as a captain? He's like, no. I'm like, well, stay by your phone because we about to make moves. And, and that's what happened. Dr. J was on board because he coached him in the All-Star. So they was already on board. So uh, once I approached him, he was already leaning towards us. And he was like, yeah, I, that's that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Back. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect swipe there. I think Aliens was in a tough position. They weren't sure if Carlos was going to come back. And then Carlos ended up not coming back because he had an opportunity in China. So then they're kind of scrambling as you guys already made the move. But for, for Deshaun, you know, I mean, we we talk – they talk a lot about Aliens being like the EuroLeague team and they have to the, the bring the European flair and whatnot. But, like, Deshaun, I just felt like the biggest thing about him is that how adaptable he was to that team. I mean, he's playing on a, a team that – his point wants to play a certain way, and Deshaun fit in like it was it was nothing. And like he I said, he can fit I, on any team. He can fit right. in on any team. He can shoot. He can drive. He can post, rebound, yeah. and most important, he's a live threat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, defense. He can switch every position and hold his own on defense. So, I think uh, him being so versatile really helps us in what we're trying to do. And then you know, add E Banks to me. I tried. I, I wanted E Banks the first year, but you know, Summers was killing at the combine. We couldn't pass up on him. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, E Banks was like. I'm looking at him like, man, I need another Earl. Earl mm -hmm. was that, that guy that first year. Ebank kind of the same height, can kind of do the same. I ain't going to say the same, but damn near close. Yeah. Now, like, we need that. And then Ray, you know, attitude, uh, veteran leadership, everything he brings to the table for us, man, is outstanding. Uh, you know, he had experience in playing three-on-three -three overseas. So they helped, and the coaches love, you know, Ray. Yeah, 100%. I think he made his case, too, at the end of last year playing in that game. But sure. I, I just, I just feel like – yeah, for for first off, you've done a great job as a as a GM. I mean, you brought in Earl, then you brought in DeWan, who went number one. You got a co-captain or a guy who's a co-captain, a guy who went number one, and then you got Ebanks this year. I was gonna ask you going into the draft, what was kind of the strategy or the mentality now that you fit Deshaun into the team? I mean, you you got Ebanks and Ray, but were they the two guys at the top of your board, or what was kind of what were you hoping to bring in to add to your team? So uh Jason kind of yeah, you kind of had his list. You know, I, I told him like, look, I'm gonna go off what you go off. I'm going to kind of give you what I think that'll fit us, you know. Uh, he had some names in there. He had uh, Quincy Miller in there. We had Dominique Johnson in there, who's mm -hmm. a really good friend of mine who I thought that'd be. I thought you would get him. Hey, yeah, you know, you take me and him out, you lose nothing with Dom. You know, mm -hmm. strong guard, can shoot the ball, handle the ball very well. Uh, Quincy, 
You know, he can stretch four, who can shoot the ball very well, very long, uh, kind of, you know, similar to the height we want to get on switching everything. Um, we had uh, Julian Wright was on our board also, another guy who, who can play the game at a high level, experienced, big, who can switch everything. Uh, and that was kind of where we was going. We knew we wanted Ray. We wanted, really wanted Ray and Summers back, but we knew Summer wasn't going to Yeah, really no, no chance. And so we knew that uh, guys really weren't going to look at Ray like we did. So we knew Ray was going to be available. So we was going to take Ray in a second, no matter what. I like that. Uh, for Devin, he obviously made a huge impact in that first game. But I was surprised y'all didn't take Dom because you had a chance to not only pick him at seven, but then also take him in front of his old team to cure three. Just, you know. Right. You no, know, just... no, Jason was like, if, if Quincy wasn't available, then e Banks is our next. And if Quincy okay. is not available, then we take Dom. Okay. And I, yeah, the crazy thing, the story about that, e Banks wasn't even in the, in the pool. I added him the, that day. Cause I oh, E-Banks the stuff he didn't put it in in time, so I was like, hey, we gotta add E-Banks. So they added him, boom, we select him and, and, and hit, you know. Now we talk Crazy. about you know is things we want to do for the next game. We don't look too far ahead. Everybody's yeah. saying at the next game, who's next in front of us? Our next baby step, you know what I mean? Because yeah, teams that look too far ahead tend to you know hit a wall early. And when I wanted last year, we went three straight, won three straight, then we lost three straight. Mm -hmm. So it's like we don't want to fall to that fumble that ball no more. Well, let's not look ahead. Let's reflect a little bit. Beat Killer Threes, just put a whipping on power. Let's talk about the Killer Threes game real quick because it, uh, you bring Deshaun in, you're kind of maybe feeling out the chemistry a little bit. Deshaun wasn't necessarily the most impactful guy that was new to your team, though. It was, it was Devin. He fit in like it, it was it was nothing for him. Obviously, experienced player played in the NBA. But what did you see from the first week that made you feel like pretty confident about the makeup of this team when you guys beat a really good Killer Threes team? Uh, the way that we, like I said, we so versatile. The, the, the group we went in, we went with um, Jason, Deshaun, and Ebanks. So they switched everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So with that that lineup, like I said, it can be anybody night. And that mm -hmm. night was uh, Ebanks night. Deshaun kind of went in thinking post. I'm like, bro, play your game. And he's like, you're right, man. I'm going to do what I do. So that's what happened in the second game. Yeah. He was just being himself. I said, and I, I emphasize this now more than I did the first game. Hey, most importantly, be yourself, man. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you're going to fail being yourself. At least you're going to be mad at yourself. Don't fail being something somebody wants you to be. And like I said, Deshaun went out there and did something, his thing. Evan did his um, – Ebanks did his thing the first game. And then, you know, Jason. <laughs> Jason's Jason, unreal. You know, unreal. We always emphasize that also. Like, it's going to be somebody night every night. We, we, we don't know who night is going to be. Whoever that night is, we're going to rock with them. And that's what we did. How much is the strategy of you playing kind of the, the first guy off the bench, fourth man role this year? Was that something that you guys talked about or just, just all about matchups? You know, it, the, the okay. line is all about matchups, who, who they started. Mm -hmm. um, and I just try to bring that energy and try to uplift us. Uh, if I come off the bench, if I'm on, on the court, I'm going to just try to bring that energy. I know Doc told me, he's like, because uh, last year I kind of took a backseat role. I was like, I'm going to let, you know, let Deshaun score and um, Jason score. But he was like, don't do that no more. Go out there, be aggressive, be you. And then this last game, I was going to be aggressive, but Jason was hot. Why not feed him? Oh, my I, gosh. If I'm hot, I want somebody to feed me. So I'm like, no, you got to feed Jason. So that's the, kind of that how we do it. Yeah. Uh, outside of Jason, just like absolutely going berserk at – like, he, I mean, he'd been doing this since he's joined this league. The fact that he was a second-round pick in 2019 is insane. But outside of him going berserk, in that second half, I felt like things really started to click. You really started to get a groove. Didn't even make sense to change, like, rotation, no, right? Like, yeah. you didn't even need to bring anybody else in and close this thing out. But what, what was kind of the message at halftime to just kind of, like, make this run on a, on a good power team 
And ultimately, you know, you knew they weren't going to give up. We were like, look, they're not going to give up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we were like, we just got to keep, keep all gas, no brakes, all gas, no brakes, keep doing what we've been doing that got us this league. Um, and then, you know, with how we was playing on defense, I don't want to can't tell everybody how we were doing our defense, but <laughs> defensive strategy has worked and hopefully it works on other teams, but it's, it's just all about matchups, man. I think that the lineup they put in, we kind of, you know, jailed and, and, and worked out. Jason is definitely the MVP candidate, MVP leader, I think, early on in the season. He was the same way last year before I think, like you said, some things didn't went a little sideways toward the end of the okay. year. From your perspective, at like 42 years old, I think he's going on 43. I mean, like, what is this man? What is man doing? What is he eating? I mean, I mean, he was he was insane last game, and he's he's been doing this. But like last game looked like he was like peak like peak mid form season already. Like, what, what do you I think? I think it's just more. I think it's more so a clear uh, clear mind. You know, he got everything going. Sons playing ball. He's out having fun coaching his sons playing ball. He's golfing. Uh, he get to see us and play with us. I think it's just all about having fun, man. You know, when you you have fun with the game, things come come differently. When you you struggling with the game, you're going through problems. You can see how guys kind of taking a a dive down. But I think just it's all about having fun. I think everything going right for him with his family, uh, with his health and everything. And uh, and just that's really all I can say. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. Just mindset. Mindset right. is it's everything. all about the mind. You know what I mean? So if your mind is clear, I think everything else will fall into play. You just, he a pro at the end of the day. He was, you know, in the league, I mean, everybody yeah. known him as a dunker, mm -hmm. but people don't really know that he was a scorer too in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Kind of taking back, uh, taking back time a little bit. Also for you, it's your third year in the league. I mean, I feel like you've adjusted really well to this league, which, you know, I mean, it was an easy adjustment for you, but you've adjusted really well to the point where now, how much do you feel like your game has evolved to the point where you understand this league well enough and you know what it takes to win a chip? Oh, yeah, it has evolved a lot, you know. Um, and, you know, I've also got stronger. I, was like, I took, you know, initiative to try to get in the weight room more because I know these guys be trying to post. They see me as small and they post. And so I've been trying to, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're not posting me this year. <laughs> no. I mean, they you've been getting up since year one, though, and that you right. pull the chair on every <laughs> Every time, every time. You know what I mean? So um, it's good to have experience and it's good to, you know, help these other guys. But I just think that the physicality, I think when you come into the league and you're a rookie, you have to get stronger. Um, they let things, a lot of things go. Uh, so it's going to take a wear and tear on your body. So I say get stronger before you even start playing. You know, even though it's, even though it's one game a week, it still take a toll on your body. And yeah. with the ball, adjusting to that new ball, is, it's tough for guys too. So okay, let me hear about the new ball. Is this the same ball from last year? And it's still yeah, like, yeah. still the same ball slippery? from last year. I mean, we okay. adjusting, man. It's like it's not much to complain about. It's like hey, it's it's a ball and it, it goes in the hoop. You know what I mean, yeah, it's, it's sweaty. The sweat hits the ball. That's what I've sense. been hearing. Yeah, um, but other than that, it's, it's a solid ball. Um, I, you know, I'm okay with it as long as they have a, a ball that we play with every game. The same ball, not have everybody warm up with it, wear it up. Yeah. So. Um, but it's definitely this year, definitely uh, feeling good. This year, it's first time I'm, you know, in three years going in one and two back to back, and um, but like that's in the past to me. Yeah. It's still zero zero with other teams. Uh, we don't want to get happy. Uh, we just want to go one game at a time and continue to do what we want to do. How much is the end game? I mean, do you feel like it's even more physical this year? Because the only reason I ask this, I feel like guys who have been in this league a while are complaining just a little bit more. And I'm not saying the refs are always the best or always have their best games or whatever, but it feels like it's maybe a little bit more physical, allowing for more things to happen this year. Do you feel that way? Yes. I mean, well, you know, I feel like it was like that both all three years I played. <laughs> okay. It just, it just, it just guys got to adjust to it. 
mm-hmm. coming from other seasons, getting them, you know, saying ticky tack calls here, a little more physical, let you, you know, uh, go back into the 80s and the 90s, how let you have your guy hand on the guy's back and kind of got him. Um, or go to the uh, the bass, you can kind of hip them up a little more. So um, I like it uh, to a certain extent. Sometimes, you know, stuff can get too out of hand and your referee's got to kind of hone it down. But I, I, I like it. It helps me, um, you know, it helps God be mentally strong because you know, yeah. getting them calls, you got to go next play, next, next play. Like you can't dwell on the yeah. On that yeah, and, and that's kind of the point of the league, and always has been. But I mean, even the the tech calls are crucial in this league. So yeah, you yes. got to be able to stay in mind with everything. I was just wondering because I felt like I don't know, maybe it's just more physical, or maybe it's just always the same. And and guys are just like you said, adjusting to where they were just playing, and now coming to this right. league where things are happening like that. They're not getting those calls. They're not. I mean, a slap on the wrist when you're shooting, I feel like always should be called at some point. But like, there's something for maybe a reach here, or uh, you know, a, a a wall up there isn't necessarily being called. So. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a light and go either way. And I love how it's a, it's a player's league, you know, the players mm-hmm. kind of in control who because where um, that can be good and bad. Sometimes it can be the reason why it can be bad throughout the years. Guys will pick like friends and be like, Hey, come on a team. And, but this year, I think if you look at the rosters, people trying to win. Yeah. You know, ain't nobody, buddy, we trying to win. So that's one thing I like about it. Anybody can be, you know, beat in any moment of time. It's just like it's all about where your chips fall. You know? I want to. I want you to elaborate a little bit more on the state of the league. Before I do, though, I don't know if you got a chance to see the Aliens Ghost Ballers game. Did you see Dusan using your your uh, your signature? No, I didn't there? see it. I was I was too busy going family. I, I've seen him do it much. You know, when he was playing, yeah, three on three, and somebody posted. I've seen him do it, but hey, I, it's not just for me. I feel it's like a you, somebody would create people posting. You know. Mm-hmm. Make it better, and I, I think it's better for like guys that are six five, six six, because you're taller. Mm-hmm. The guy named Jamal Franklin does it; he does it really good. <laughs> but no, I didn't see it. Did he make the shot? No, it was at the end of the shot clock. He okay. did not make the shot. But I think it's cool that like if anywhere, if your if your signature move is going to be publicized anywhere, like to make it a staple in this big three would be pretty dope, honestly. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, but everybody confuse it. Like they, every time somebody shoot off one foot, they say it's Justin. I'm like, no, no, I yeah. The same leg, same hand. Yeah, and I would say that's me. Off the left foot, shoot off the right. That's any. No, I didn't create that. Yeah, because <laughs> when I think uh, when Yama did that in a game or something. Yeah, I'm, they, I'm sure you have people hitting you up about it. Everybody, I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's not my not shot. Me. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I feel that. Okay, let's ask about the state of the league real quick because this feels like maybe the most balanced season up to date. Yeah. In this year, I mean, like you said, everyone's like we've said in the past, people are like getting away from just adding their friends. They're trying to add like a complete roster. But this year, even more so, I feel like people understand what they need to do, what it takes to win. Even coaches like even Gil, you know, like Gil is, is having a good time with enemies. But even him, like that's a good enemies team over there. How do you feel about the state of the league? Do you feel like this might be the most balanced season yet? Um, From when I started, yes, most okay. balanced. Because, uh, you know, when, last year, even a year before that, you had some teams like, I hope we play them. That's an easy win. Mm-hmm. Not this year. You mm-hmm. look at the roster like, ah, ain't that easy about this this league. You know what I mean? So um, I think, yeah, as far as me playing, yeah, this is the most balanced um, big three uh, season uh, I've been a part of. You know, looking back at – I was a fan of it before. Looking back at it, you look at it, it's a lot of good big names, but a lot of those big names really weren't in shape, kind of, didn't take it kind of seriously. I think guys now, <laughs> teams better look out. 
And we, yeah. us, uh, you know, Tri-State, we're not looking to overlook no team. We think no. every team is, is, a, is a good team, and we got to come and give our – put our best foot forward. And I think um, uh, that's what we, we've shown, and that's what we're going to try to continue to show. Uh, and we don't want to, you know, get too satisfied. We're not satisfied. Yeah, yeah. We're not satisfied. That game is in the past on and on the triplets, which is a great team. They just beat uh, – who they beat? They beat um, – Trilogy. Trilogy, a great a championship team, really yeah. good. You know what I mean? So, we 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 got to go back to the drawing boards and just get ready for them. And um, I think that's that's the next next step and block for us. Yeah. To put it in perspective, the team that Michael Beasley's on is zero and two. One of the four playoff teams from last year is zero and two. Honestly, and aliens, I know they're kind of mixed up. They're trying to bring another guy from overseas, and and they're trying to figure out their roster. But even then, like last game, I was like, Ghost Hollers about to run away with this, and they're mm-hmm. fighting. Like they made some some nice additions if they figure it out. So this league, like you said, is no joke right now. I mean, who no do you feel like, I mean, maybe this is tough to say, cause you're like, you said, you're looking at everybody as a threat, but who do you feel like is like a, maybe a team that you weren't expecting, but it is like showing through two weeks, like, Hey, maybe this is like an early threat that we might want to keep our eye on. We, I, I can't even say any on one team, but like I said, it's the, it's so well balanced. Any team can be a threat. Um, it's cause it's still early. You know what I mean? So yeah. you still got couple more weeks before, you know, we get down to eight because I know they go to 12, then eight, then four. So you never know, man. Like I said, last year we went, we ran off three straight when Jason came back. Then mm-hmm. we lost three straight. So it's like, I don't know. I think every team to us is a threat. We think that every team is in our way to get to our goal and we try to make it to the playoffs. You know, we're not looking too far ahead championship. No, the ultimate goal is playoffs. For well, first is to make the top eight, yeah. then the top four. That's you know you don't want to look too far ahead, man. You do that, you find yourself in a hole. You're like, dang, where did this go? And that's what happened last year with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we don't want that to happen. So I think every team. So right now, our threat is the triplets. It's coming up okay. this week. That's our trip. That's our threat. I understood. Understood. Honestly, though, it had to feel good to beat Power. They beat you twice last year. Yes. They knocked you out of the, the top eight last, top six last year. I mean, it had to feel good to like not only beat them but destroy them. <laughs> Bro, I was like in the locker. I was like, look, man. I haven't beat power since I've been here. And Jason was like me either. I said, they are in our way. Yeah. And we're not about to let them have, we're not about to let them beat us. You know what I mean? So yeah. You know, we knew there was gonna be a good dog fight. Um, unfortunately, you know, they had some, you know, the headbutt, you know, colliding in, in their huddle. And that's when we like, we gotta run away. We gotta take advantage of this. Don't let them get hot. So that's what yeah. we did. That's a team that you were almost on too, if I'm not mistaken. You had some yeah, real conversation about being on. Yes. And uh-huh. also, you know, they were trying to get the shine. <laughs> Oh, everyone's trying to get the shot. Yeah, everybody was. So I'm like, it is good to, you know, that you I played with him and we built that, you know, that kind of friendship because I would live in Denmark a uh, level above him. We would communicate through the window. Hey, you ready to go eat? You know what I mean? So it's fun but, times. So I, I'm just, just to let you know, like Deshaun's name is like, I think the talk of the summer right now. I mean, in every league I talk to him and any anybody within the basketball community, anybody playing in anything right now, Deshaun's yeah. name is always coming up. They're talking to some guys from TBT coaches. They're like, you know, people excited about him there. Killing it in the Drew League. Just played in the, what was it, the, the Summer League, like, tournament or whatever it was, the, yeah. the, that Red Bull host. I mean, nobody can he stop does. talking about Deshaun right now. <laughs> but he's a great guy, though. Like, off yeah. the court, he's a great person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, yo, he's, everything clean about him. Instagram clean, goofy person. Watch, we always can quote movies, me, him, and Ray. So, it's fun times <laughs> with us, man. <laughs> Ray's funny too. Ray's funny, funny dude too. Sure, um, we call it Ray Netflix. You know every movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, I had no idea. That's hilarious. Um, 
Last thing I want to ask you about here, you mentioned a couple of times, triplets is the ultimate threat to you guys right now, seeing as your next matchup. They're showing a little something different this year. You know, they got the return of Joe. We just saw, they. we've always talked about how Joe needs kind of a second fiddle. And part of it showed that he's maybe the 1B, if anything, at this point, not even just a second option. Just dropped right. 31 points against Trilogy. They look, I mean, they looked super efficient in that game. They looked like they had really figured out their groove. They have your old toe captain on your team, and Larry Sanders. Don't want you to give away everything and, like you said, spill the beans. But what's kind of the approach heading into this game against triplets, which, like you said, is crucial for you being 3-0 and and, you know, asserting yourself in the league? We just got going go on this game and just do what we do, man. Um, we haven't really went over him yet, which we will because early in the week. Uh, we go over all the X's and O's, but it's just uh, – if you look at it, it's just about who wants it more. We're gonna come out. We're gonna both gonna come out and compete. It's gonna come down to defense, really. Stops, stops, and who's gonna make more shots? Pargo mm-hmm. um, and um, and Joe are really good players. You got other, you got supporting cast too. You just gotta slow them down. It's, everybody's pros. It's hard to stop somebody. It's easier to slow somebody down. You know what I mean? So I I, I say you know just go in there and do what we do, and hopefully they miss shots. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Deshaun's got a tough matchup. Uh, you know, I'm sure Larry's going to come out there fired up. Oh, for that, sure. Against, always fired up the whole team, yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, deep boy. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Jeremy's feeling hot, 31 points. I mean, four, a, a couple four-pointers. He's leading the league in fours. I thought that was your thing. You said that was Yeah, good. man, I don't know what's going on. I've been missing like crazy. <laughs> you know, said man, that was supposed to be you. Right. The past couple of years you've been saying that. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, it's easier said than done. So now I'm I just going and stop, stop talking about it and just do it, you know? Yeah. 100%. Uh, JD, I appreciate the time. Best of luck to you guys the rest of the year. I think you guys uh, got a really strong team moving forward and you got the right pieces and your experience right now. And Dr. J needs his own trophy. So hopefully, yeah, you guys- no, man. We've been talking about that, but I told Doc, man, we don't want to look too far ahead, man. Like I said, baby steps. You got to crawl mm-hmm. before you walk. So we, we, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, 100%. Best of luck against triplets. We'll see if you guys can three and up. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. All right, that was our interview with Justin Dittman. Appreciate you, JD, for coming on. Always been, I feel like, a pretty good friend of the show. And it's good to have some recurring guests out. I don't think we get enough of that. And obviously, that's my fault because I'm reaching out to new people and I want to make sure that we, as people in the Big Three community, listeners and audiences of the show, get a chance to be introduced to some of the new guys that are joining this league. But I feel like it's good to go back to our roots and bring on guys that we've had in the past, especially when they're having a lot of success, just to kind of catch up with them, but also talk about what's working a little bit more this year. And I thought we got some good insight from from JD there. So I appreciate it. Best of luck to everybody on Tri-State against the really good triplets team. And thank you to everybody who tuned into another episode with us. Again, make sure you're following on social media at Fourth Man Pod on, man, I want to say Twitter, but Elon Musk has just completely destroyed Twitter, I feel like. So I still want to do updates over there, but it will be tough. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, but I think Instagram is going to be a best friend at this point. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Hit the notification bell for any other content that I might not post on social media, as well as the visual version of the show week in and week out. And thank you to everyone at Believe for continuing to give us this platform to talk about the big three and giving us an outlet to talk about this league that is continuing to grow and just bringing more awareness to it. We couldn't do it without you guys, I believe. And it is much appreciated each and every week. So 
Got an interesting week three coming up in New York at the Barclays Center. Should be a good turnout. I'm excited to see what's going down. Just as a heads up, uh, I'll be continuing to post on Instagram. I'll try to do a short on YouTube, but if there would not be an episode next week, I will be out of town at a very unfortunate time uh, as we only get eight weeks in the season. But don't worry. I'll be tapped in, locked in. I'll be continuing to post. I'll be doing my part from where I'm at. And I'll make sure to give an update. I'm going to have an update. Hopefully, hopefully, I already have the update out of just kind of how things have gone, like a quick recap of how things have gone already. And that'll kind of give you an idea of what I plan to do when I'm over on vacation for a couple of weeks. So it'll be a busy time over the next two to three weeks. But don't worry, I'm always prioritizing the big three and everybody who's tuning in and just supporting the show. Like it's much appreciated to you guys. So I can't thank you guys enough. Can't thank the players enough and can't thank believe enough. So on that note, hope everyone enjoys week three and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.